0: Welcome to episode four hundred and sixty nine of I am Talk, your weekly fix in all things Iron Man.
1: Three sports, two guys one show, this is I Am Talk.
0: Team up along to episode three hundred and (laughs) sixty-nine.
1: Oh, it's good to be
0: back, John. It's good to be back. back. God, that music is good. Oh, that's right. We've got new music. That's why I'm going to put that in. Andrew
2: Ferguson. Yep, you're a bloody legend. So Andrew Ferguson is starting to compose a bit of different music for us, and so for different sections, we're going to have it. I'm absolutely loving it. Here we go. Here we go again. Again.
0: Yes. Yes. This is yes. I Am This is I Am oh, I love it. John, oh, I love it. You should just put on, it like, on replay and when you're doing your big runs, just listen to it 10 seconds over and over again.
2: Andrew Ferguson's a legend, so we're going to have a bit more of that. We'll talk about a bit more about that next week.
0: Okay, John, but the big question I have is who's supporting the show today? Athlinks.com. Uh, social networking for endurance athletes? Extreme endurance. Your lactic buffer? And our fantastic patrons Let's name a few Jonbo, you go first David the Great Greyhound Hutchian Here's one of my favourite ones of all time Ken rocking the Free World Young Stuart the Compass Moor Clean and He loves 69 episode <laughs> uh, Newbold
2: and the spine tingler, Rob Green from Richmond, Virginia. If you need any chiropractic work, he is the man to go and
0: see Active Chiropractic. Uh, he's worth flying to see. That's how good he is. Guys, if you want to become his patron, you know how to do it. Okay, In this week's show, we've got some news. Now, John's done a really good job. I literally got I got this stupid flight home, John. So Jetstar flying, and it's not Jetstar's fault. Oh, you're like, telling me. You tell me never to fly Jetstar. Well, no, we did points for this trip. And, oh. and you book on Qantas, and they give you Jetstar. Oh. Don't, don't you hate that? Yeah do have you do. But in yeah. fairness Jets are actually fine this time And our trip to flight To Bali They're actually pretty good But um, <clears throat> But our flight left And this wasn't delayed It was delayed by 15 minutes But Left Melbourne At 11.30 last night mm. So we arrive in Christchurch At like 5 in the morning So I literally went to bed Now I've only woken up Like an hour ago So
2: and we arrived to probably the coldest day of the year in Christchurch, negative oh. five. And I
0: had to drive home at like, I mean, like oh, five so. degrees, man. It was, it, I saw two cars wipe off as I was driving home. Yeah. It was crazy. Anyway, in this week's show, so the good news is that John's done all my work for me. So while I was away, John did a couple of interviews. And first of all, we're going to have on who, John? We've got
2: Barry Siff, who is now the in charge of USAT. Well, not in charge, but he is the, uh, what's his role? Is he the president or is he the, I should know this. I did the interview last week.
0: He's uh, basically in, in, in charge of USAT. He's um, the guy, John. the executive on. board. He's the guy who now becomes the funny guy in the room. Because when you're the big head honcho, everyone laughs at your jokes, even if they're not funny. And that's who Barry is now. He's the big head honcho. Okay, we've also got from Challenge. We've also got Zebi from Challenge, uh, really talking
2: through some of their developments in terms of Dubai, Triple Crown, things like that, and just trying to get their perspective on what's been going down while Bevan and I have been away.
0: Lots happened when we were away, didn't it? Uh, Also, uh, Epic Camp wrap-up. I'm not quite sure I'm going to there.
2: save that for next week okay. we're short on time this week first week back and we're short on time already
0: well luckily you did a lot of work how long are the interviews?
2: Um, Barry's about 30 minutes and Zebi's probably 17 or 18 minutes so That's we've got life. a good show coming up
0: love your work okay and we've got a, little, a few questions and answers and okay. here comes some more music <laughs> no, here's some more music okay wait I've got to write this down music okay here's some more music Okay, jumbo news. You, yes, do you, like the,
2: do you like the news? News jingle. I do like the news. New news jingle, and um, yeah, it's been exciting times or no, interesting times. I wouldn't say exciting at all. In fact, quite disturbing times for me when we've been away. And um, you would have seen this is it's relatively old news now. it's June the eighth that this came out, yeah. and. It, uh, Iron Man have now expanded into the Middle East. And what the initial news that came out was they were putting a 70.3 race in Bahrain and Dubai. And so my initial reaction to this was, this is bloody ridiculous. They've taken over Challenge and uh, now are running these two races. So I got pretty fired up. Um, posted some stuff on our Facebook page, and then a couple of days later, um, what happened was Challenge came back, they did the old uh, got took the punch and then came back with a, a nice roundhouse, and they actually have situated their race two weeks before the 70.3, and it is going to be the final of the Triple Crown. So what WTC did, or I don't know if it's WTC is to blame, But uh, the race that they put on, the 70.3 in Bahrain, was put on basically the same weekend that the Challenge Bahrain race was on last year, which, you know, as we remember, had fantastic prize money. They did a a really good production of it. Um, The the footage was great. So, yeah, it's, it's an interesting one. And I'm really not sure quite how to read it. And I certainly don't think that we've heard the end of it yet.
0: You're right. He's about to lose it. B on. Oh no, you were just about to sneeze. Um, <clears throat> yeah, it's it's really interesting what's happening there. It's interesting. One of the rumors going around is that the prince is looking to buy WTCs. Now that's a total rumor, but it, like it, it, far out. It's is not there. inconceivable, is it? Yeah, no, far out. Like it's it's just a bit weird, really, isn't it? What's happening there? It is, and so I,
2: initially, um, you know, I want to go out there and slam WTC because I really feel that this has. Uh, Stunted the growth of our sport a little bit because they put on these fantastic challenge, put on these great races and for professionals, uh, they talk about a game changer. It wasn't a game changer, really. It was it was fantastic prize money and giving our pro athletes more leverage and potentially further down the track, opening other doors to just your your non traditional triathlon sponsors if they can get in there in the Middle East or be connected with you know massive corporate companies. So I thought that was. It wasn't quite right, but then I I really wonder you know, maybe WTC didn't go knocking on the door over there and it was the the guys from the Middle East that went to WTC. So I'm reluctant to slam WTC too hard. But for me, it just seems stupid to have two races within two weeks. So the guys in the Middle East, whoever's organising it, having two races in two weeks just sounds stupid. So I mean, I don't quite understand why WTC didn't go in, or the plan for the 70.3 and say, okay, there's a challenge race here, if we are really interested in expanding the sport in the Middle East, let's actually try to create a bit of a season. There's so few races over there as there is, let's see challenge goes there at the start of december why don't we put a race in january or february or something like that and actually try to create a season rather than trying to fight each other and you'll both end up with less numbers in your field eventually you know 70.3 may kill the challenge race off but then you're only left with one race and if the outcome over there is to grow the sport and grow get more people into it surely you want more races spread through the season so i'm a bit bewildered by a but we'll, we'll buy it all, Bevan.
0: Well, to be honest, John, I think you're, you're thinking of this in a very kind of happy, happy, joy, joy kind of world because it, it's total competition, isn't it? It's WTCH trying to wipe the competition off the slate. Uh, yeah, I agree. They'll put out statements saying, oh, you know, we, we're careful. We want to build the community and all the rest of it. But they want to build the community to kind of you know, look after their own pockets. And, and to mm-hmm. do that, they want to get rid of what, any competition. <laughs> you're right. They probably could if they thought about timing it in a way that could make two races be successful, it's better. But, you know, what happens if WCCF Challenge does disappear? Not that it is going to, but, you know, they just are so domineering anyway. And uh, they are just doing kind of competitive nature kind of things, aren't they?
2: Yeah, especially in America. In Europe, it's a totally different story. Um, You know, it is, obviously, WTC is still the dominant force over there, but Challenge have got a lot of very, very strong races. But in America, you know, Challenge are just another bit player at this stage. There's other organisations over there doing lots of races as well. So, um, yeah, I mean, I understand competition, but I don't think this is in the best interest of the sport. And if we think long-term, you know, what's the best interest for everybody is to get more and more athletes into the sport. And I think that if... There had been two races spread through the season, then everybody wins, more people get into the sport, um, and long-term, I think WTC would make more out of it, rather than now they're just going to go in there and kill everybody else. So anyway, we could probably rant on oh, for no, hours this, this, this about is one that, because
0: um, If we were to speculate, let's say the Prince does buy WTC, and, and again, this guy's not, not struggling for money, uh, loves, loves triathlon, and... Again, it's total rumour at this stage, but I wouldn't be surprised. You know, if next week we found out that he bought it, it wouldn't be a total surprise. How do you think that would change the sport? Well, it may
2: change things a bit because he might not be so profit-driven. You mm-hmm. know, we know that WTC, at the end of the day, they are going to make as much money as they possibly can. And I think we all understand that. And uh, if you want to play by their rules, you go to their races. If you want to do something else, you go elsewhere. But it may become less profit-driven. Uh, and then we may... Who knows, we just speculate, but maybe yeah, you, know, you wouldn't get this tit tap fighting all the time
0: between the races. We may, I don't know, but I, well, think it's interesting it, I, think I don't about, think it would be a negative thing. Well, I think when we think about, you know, far out, this is what we hear, so it's not like I've had any interaction with the prince, but the, the thing you hear about, you know, what a macro and all that have gone over there is that the prince wants to help the people in his community or in his country. Um you know, get fit and they see triathlon as a really good kind of outlet to achieve that and so that seems to be a really good positive attitude towards you know promoting triathlon and if that's the case and he took over WTC if he's coming from that kind of place well then that does surely there'd be a shift.
2: Mm. So, so yeah I think for the professionals it could mean some potentially some big changes but hey we're just speculating it's just an idea yeah. it's been it's been mooted out there a few times we've got no idea if it's got any any element of truth whatsoever.
0: Okay, John, but we had a couple races happen when we were away, and uh, one of the big ones was Iman Ken's.
2: We did, and great it was great race. to see Luke McKenzie back on top because yeah. he really hasn't done anything uh, since we saw him in Kona um, second. To second. He really hasn't done much since then, so good to see him back on top. He did and traditional- dominated, didn't he? He smashed oh, it. Yeah. Good, strong swim. Of course, he got beaten out by Dylan McNeese, but still a good, strong swim to have a couple of minutes on the likes of Cameron Brown. Laid it all down on the bike, put 10 minutes into Cameron Brown and then uh, swaggered his way through 2.57 uh, to still win by eight minutes. So, you know, he's uh, good. looks like he's getting himself back on track. And, you know, he's... His guy over in Kona, he's gonna got to lay it all down on the bike. You know, he's never going to win the race on the run, but he could be one of those guys. You know, it's often the the best runner of the good bikers that can still make it onto the podium. We've seen it a number of times. Um, so good to see him back on top, Cam Brown. What was the run? Be- Would you
0: say there's a bad run
2: for him, or is it just a tough day? It's not a fantastic run for Cam Brown. No. He just suffered, you know, 2.52 for him. He's probably about five minutes off his best. So um, conditions on the bike, you know, it got a bit a little bit windy for them. So not his best run, but still, you know, the guy's 42, 43. We can't give him too much grief. He's still finishing uh, second and beating a lot of young whippersnappers. Dylan McNeese, he was in third place. Um, lost a bit of time on the bike. Only rode a 4.49 and a steady Eddie run, 2.58. That's um, reasonable for Dylan. Maybe a a
0: sprint for with- for the age group that that is exactly what I thought too Bevan oh but different time starts
2: but then it was an age grouper who Uh, got fourth and that age group is actually going to be on the show the week after next I think it is Levi Maxwell Uh, was only two seconds slower than Dylan McNeese he was the first age grouper overall he also won his age group in Kona last year but he went 8.36 which is pretty impressive
0: wow it's a pretty they didn't start together Um, On the girl side of things?
2: On the girl side of things, Liz Blatchford, I think, might well be the most penalised person in our sport. She got another penalty over there and. She's had a drafting bonus. had a drafting penalty somewhere. She's had she got a penalty for dropping rubbish in Kona. Seems like every race she does, she just about gets one. But she still managed to go out there and beat Gina Crawford pretty convincingly by nine minutes. And you consider she had a four minute penalty somewhere in there as well. Uh, there was a pretty strong day at the office, and she's really shown that she is you know one of those sort of top five girls in the world consistently performing now. She went 9.11 with a 49-minute swim, 5.07 on the bike, which probably includes a four-minute penalty, and then a 3.10 on the run, so uh, pretty solid day at the office. Gina was second, nine minutes back in 9.20, and then Michelle Bremer, another Kiwi, another 15 minutes back in 9.35.
0: Okay, Jombo uh, we've also got this weekend, the big race coming up this weekend is the ITU Long Distance World Championship, and uh, one thing we are talking about when we are interviewing, because we have got Cullum Millwood on the show next week, Rasmus Henning's back racing.
2: Yeah, I don't know if it's uh, overly serious or not, but his name is on the start list. and um, yeah. Well,
0: I, I, I tried to do some research and yeah. looked up his website. And so did I. Yeah. It's all Swedish, so it's hard to know. But I went on his Facebook, because you can translate on Facebook, but even then there was no real kind of talk of, of a race. It looked like he was at an expo. Okay, um, and he's doing wetsuits and yeah, stuff like that. Harvard, yeah, I think it was. So um, it's really hard
2: to know, but yeah. Mm, so... Um, in terms of the quality field, you know, it's not a, a world championship field when we compare it to, say, what Kona is, what 70.3 worlds and stuff. It's still a good, strong field. You've got Dirk Bockel, Ronnie Shildenick, Cyril Vino, Rasmus, whatever sort of shape he's in, Marty Jensen, Joe Gambles, so, Joe So there's some, some, there's some really good athletes there, but you wouldn't really call it a world championship field. You'd call it a top, top field, yeah. but not necessarily a world championship sort of field. So it would be interesting to see how that pans out.
0: The girls' field's Would pretty, you call it a championship um, field? Sorry, would you call it a championship? Like if we think of Ironman Brazil recently, it's bit. It's probably yeah. It is a cha- it's
2: a championship field, but not a world championship yeah, field. Yeah. It's more got a, a regional champ. Like that, this would be on par with we'll say. Yeah. Melbourne or, um, or or something like that. Hmm. Girlsfield though, that's pretty thin. Uh, you got Mary Beth Ellis who is seeded number one on Torsten's ratings, and then even Nordstrom, and then the rest of the names I'm really not very familiar with at all. So um, you would expect on paper that um, uh, Mary Beth Ellis should should take that pretty comfortably, but we'll see <laughs> see how that pans out.
0: And then we've also got a non WTC races. What ones come out there, Jumbo?
2: We've got uh, coming up this weekend, we have the Kelp Man, we've got Hits North uh, North County, we've got the Nels <laughs> in uh, Iceland, uh, we've got the Austria Extreme, we've got the Tri By 226, so you've got Challenge Atlantic City, uh, you've got the n- Northwest Tri Man, you've got Epic Dartmouth. So
0: it's a pretty, bu- pretty busy weekend. Okay. Also, Austria, one of the fastest races of the year, and we've got a couple good pros. Van Helneck is racing there, and you have got Eva Enrana, so it's going to yep. be a pretty good strong race. Should be good. I mean, a lot of these fields now that we're going to be talking about
2: have got these. You know, it's it's more or less going to be a three-horse race, if, yep. except for when we get to Germany. You know, you're going to have a couple of guys battling it out, and then it's going to drop off pretty quick. And on the girls side, things you got Eva Wooty, who's seated number one, and uh, not too many others there. So she'll probably. Who yeah, racing? Uh, Sorry, Eureka Chema is racing. She is, yeah. She's, wow. she's still gone. She must be getting on a bit. We really should probably have her on the show. She seems to she's, be.
0: She, she doesn't. She's quite a quiet spoken girl. Yeah. Uh, and uh, when I don't did think you meet her. we Road. Ah. Yeah, yeah. When she beat you. Oh, that's right. <laughs>
2: <laughs> <laughs> Quietly spoken, but she crushed me. Yeah. That's why I started the run with them. God, yeah. they went fast that day. They broke your heart, didn't it? It was ridiculous. <laughs> I've never done it. No, Ivon Van Lurken's gone on to, to carry on and do some good things, but uh, uh. Anyway, um, at Coeur d'Alene, uh, we're going to see Callum Millwood just absolutely crush this race. He is seeded number seventh. We've got him on the show next week. We've just done the interview. But uh, you also got Andy Potts racing, Mikey sick Trevor Wordle, um, Paul Matthews, and then Callum Millwood. So but based off that, you know, you're looking at the field. Callum had a pretty strong day in oh, okay. Melbourne. He's got to be, you know, got to be up right up there. And on the girls' side of things, hmm where are the girls Amanda Stevens, Dede Griesbauer and Heather Jackson are the top three seeds and then we also have uh, what we've got to say about Cord Lane this weekend the weather forecast I've got a guy that's racing there it's forecast to be 39 degrees Celsius which I think is about 110 to, uh, 111 degrees Fahrenheit it is going to be ridiculously hot so hopefully everybody survives that okay and it's, then finally
0: it's a 602 Fahrenheit uh, sorry 102
2: yep nice and then finally, we have Iron one man other Frank. race, Ironman France, and it's decided not to appear for me. So he didn't in the appear flesh. for me either. Hmm. Maybe I didn't quite get the link right.
0: Well, apparently, Drew Scott may be racing as a pro. Who? Drew Scott. Drew Scott. That's yeah. right. Um. That
2: was one thing that I did notice. Yeah. Drew Scott. Drew Scott. Um. Dave Scott's son, who won a race somewhere a little while ago as an amateur, uh, is going to be making his Ironman debut and the link that I had earlier is not showing up. All the, all the best for everybody else who's racing France, and have a good time out there.
0: Next well, the, weekend, though. <coughs> next, next weekend maybe. is one of our ch- regional championships, and it's, it's probably the biggest regional championship, really, um, in, in Melbourne, but it would say this is definitely the biggest. Frankfurt, uh, and it's going to be a great race because you've got Vin Laird, Frodo, and kingley all it's just,
2: uh, the, the field. We'll talk about this next week, but what's so exciting about this is you've, you've got your current champion in <coughs> Kienle, you got the guy that was champion of the year before, Van Laird, who's one of the most consistent athletes in the world. And then you kind of got your champion in waiting, um, which is Frodo. Who's, you, you would assume he's got to win it at some stage. He's just so, so talented. And we saw what he did last year, despite all sorts of calamities. So that is going to be a wicked race. The women's field is not quite as strong as what it was last year. You know, last year, I think I was talking up the women's race to be better and stronger than the men's. Mm. This year, the, that, that top three, you know, God knows what's going to happen. It should be awesome to watch.
0: Well, and the great thing about. Like the Frankfurts, it's not just a three horse race. You're, you know, I haven't seen the field yet, but it will have you know 10 15 guys who will play mm. a part of the game, and, and that's going to keep it. It's, that is a great championship race, John. What's happening in ITU? I see Auckland's been dropped,
2: it has been dropped. It's a real shame. So, the why it just, it just didn't work?
0: Uh, no, it worked,
2: uh, but not enough numbers and probably not enough money, and they do like to change it around the world to different different places. So next year, the 2016 16 ITU World Triathlon Series calendars, Abu Dhabi, Gold Coast, Yokohama, Leeds, Stockholm, Hamburg, Edmonton, Cozumel, and uh, and as you're hearing from Barry Sif. It's uh, there may be one addition to this as well. Oh. So we'll see North because I made the comment to him that there's no race in America and apparently the door is not quite yet shut. so it's still a jar, but there is no Auckland and the main reason for that is just the economics of it. It was a fantastic race. Athletes loved it. I really loved it from a from an age point age groupers point of view. it was a really cool cause. Get and, your great
0: age group numbers.
2: No, we're just too small, this country. So, how many,
0: many, like, what would they say would be a successful age group race?
2: Oh, you'd have to have 1,000 to 1,500, I would have thought. And what would New Zealand. No, nowhere, near, nowhere near, nowhere near that. Oh. What they really need is they need to have a, a really vibrant 5K race and really good. Yeah. Just they need the they need to be getting non-athletes in there, and that's yep. what they weren't getting. They were getting the your, your, your hardcore athletes were turning up, but you weren't getting the non-athletes just doing the fun events and things like that. And if they could have got that, then they would have been away. But um, so it's a real shame because it was a great race. Yeah,
0: and what's happening in
2: London? No, I just wanted to. Uh, you, you made the comment a while ago, and you're giving me crap about not watching ITU races. I said, I've... Oh, I haven't been prioritizing my time to watch it. I'd rather watch other things. Um, well, I just don't really be watching anything. But of late, with my running injuries, I've been back on the trainer and enjoying my biking, catching up on all my ITU. And God, it's good to watch. It's just uh, The ITU stuff is just close, and it's good action. I mean, the women's races, um, Gwen Jorgensen's just crushing them so much, but it's still interesting to watch her just destroy everybody. Um, but the guys racing now is just brilliant. You do lots of head-to-head stuff, and, and it's not just the brownlees going out there and crushing it so uh good stuff itu
0: okay good times okay jombo we've got some big news well we're not really big news but we've got our 10 year anniversary we can happen next week next year and we've had a lot of people emailing us through saying what's the details of it and if you want to find out the information just go to our website Me, and underneath community is it jombo where uh you? no
2: uh oh you're putting me on the spot i can't remember where i put it it might be under community
0: Uh, sponsors gallery contact us oh no join us says join join us us, and it's got um 10-year training weekend, 10-year sign-up. Oh, so he's got two links he's created there. And the first is just giving all the information. So it's going to be on March the 18th through the 20th on 2016. Uh, we're going to be in Christchurch. We're going to do a, a swim and then we have a barbecue at my place apparently. Okay. Yeah,
2: Should I just it. put that. <laughs>
0: That's great. <laughs> the swim, guys, is going to be across
2: a harbour. It's going to be a point-to-point 4 uh, four kilometre swim. It's going to be pretty unique.
0: Yeah, it is going to be pretty cool. I was out there recently and uh, it's going to be pretty cool. Uh, the next day we're going to do a pretty epic bike ride. Now to be honest, so I'm going to, to do some training for this because we're going to ride to Akaro and back and that's an epic ride. We're doing it the hard way. We're doing the, the raceway, are we? Uh, yep, and then on the way back we'll come back the
2: other way. Oh, thank God for that because it's going
0: back the, <laughs> <laughs> the raceway would have been painful. Uh, so it's going to be pretty, it's going to be an epic ride and then so we'll just go out it's and 180
2: this. kilometres and you've got uh, 2,400 metres of elevation gain and that is all situated within about a 60k spread the rest of the ride so you basically have 55 ks or so, 55 to 60 ks of flat on either end of the ride and then the middle you have 60 ks of hills, hills, hills and some more hills and then some more hills it, it,
0: it, seriously, It's seriously, it's a good honest ride and then on the Sunday we're going to run a marathon and we're going to run from John's Place out to Godly Head, which is Godly Head is just a stunning run, it really is pretty paradise um, and then we'll head back there and we'll go out for coffee and stuff, so each day we'll have kind of the physical aspect and then we'll have a bit of a social so my night, my place for barbecue on the first night yeah. uh, Depending on how many people uh, if, it's, if it's too big we might have to go somewhere else And then Saturday night we'll go out for dinner somewhere And then Sunday we'll have a coffee And then if we can bugger off back to where they're from But um, we're not looking to make money out of this, So there'll be a little bit of cost We might cost maybe 50 bucks each uh, Plus whatever if we go out for dinner you have to cover your own costs there Accommodation will be up to you Look after yourself uh, But if you want to come along Go to www.imtalktopme You'll see the little link under the drop down menus up top and it's got join us, and you've got what's going to be happening on the weekend, and where you can sign up. We've got um, good good number already, um, and we've got people coming in from Australia, I think, as well. Yeah.
2: Uh,
0: it'll be so... awesome. We'll make it. We'll make it heaps of fun, and we'll maybe play my yeah. clipping game, John.
2: Yeah, and then um, we've got uh, a number of locals who will be happy to sort of put people up and stuff for a couple of nights, so if you want to keep it real cheap, you can, um, I've got an option there of saying, yep, try to find me somewhere to stay, and uh, we've got lots of local athletes who will join in, hopefully, and uh, we'll have lots of bailout options as well, if you, if you can't quite do the whole distance, um, then we'll be bailout options on the bike and the, the runs. so it should be awesome.
0: It will be heaps of fun. Okay, mm. so that will be March next year. So if you are wanting to come along, if you come, who's, who's travelled the furthest? Who's the most committed Iron Talk Listener? That's what we want to find out. Okay, Jonbo, sponsor.
2: Hold on, we've got one other, one other little bit oh. of news. Oh, um, so we have two. Fifty Iron Man or fifty Iron Distance training days in fifty days. We've had this guy on before, Iron Cowboy. Um, yeah. James is out there at the moment doing 50 Ironmans. June the 21st, he is up to day 15 in Missouri, and he did a 14-hour 23. He did a 122 swim, 6.38 on the bike, and 5.22 on the run. So what he's basically doing is going around 50 states in America and doing 50 Ironman training days in 50 days, which is
0: ridiculous. But well, that's when you think about it. Like, like, I got an email from James Botel, and he's saying uh, there was a couple of days around seven or eight, looked like he started to struggle, like he did, like, a 17-hour. Now, 17-hour Ironman, then you've got to get up and move to the next place. Exactly. You know, like, there's i
2: I'm on his, I'm on his uh, page,
0: Y50505050. 50, 50, 50, 50. Oh, that's the donation aspect of yeah. it. Um, but, yeah, like, uh, he seems to be consistently sitting around 14 and a half right now, but far out, man. How... That... Pfft. Yes, yeah, so if you want to
2: check it out, go to ironcowboy.co, it's just .co, I think, and that yeah. seems to be coming up, and uh, you can find out why he's doing it, and uh, we'll keep a track and see if he actually makes these 15 days in, so he's still got an awful long way to go, but good on, that's a bloody epic challenge, not something I'd want to do myself, but uh, he's doing it for some for his causes that he wants to support, and uh, good luck to him.
0: Well, he's got, just for example, day one, uh, hour to bed, did, did the race, centered, flew to Alaska, then Alaska, then he got on a plane and flew to WA, and then four-hour to California. So he's just talking about how much travel he's got to do within it because it's a thing. It's literally oh, yeah. man. And yeah. like, What if you miss a flight? Yeah. You know? And so is he, you, Like, I, I've looked at his Instagram, and does he do some of it on I the indoor don't training? Don't start
2: asking me questions. Okay. I, haven't, I've, I've done, I haven't done that much research. <laughs> we'll keep researching this, and we'll update it maybe weekly because it is a pretty epic thing to be doing.
0: Well, I, I'm just curious to see, is it all outdoor training? Because there are photos, like, for example, on the trainer and running on a treadmill. And I'm just curious, far out, I'm not, taking nothing away from the guy if he still does 100. I, I don't want to do it 180k on a trainer. No. <laughs> no, <laughs> no it's look look at that be harder than <laughs> no. doing it outside. Or running on a treadmill for a marathon, bugger that. Okay, Jumbo, sponsor. Oh, uh, we've got some
2: exciting news <laughs> Extreme Endurance. They've got a new product coming out, cool. Fuel 5. Tell me about it. It's a cutting-edge energy carbohydrate formula made up of five different forms of fuel, four different types of energy of carbohydrate plus lactate. It's got a proprietary blend, organic sweet potato. Mm. Love my sweet potatoes. So is it good? Um, Kumar, yeah, maltodextrin, dextrose, lactate, and sucrose is designed to give the body its preferred substrate fuel enzyme to promote glycogen synthesis. So, this is a great. I love sweet potatoes. I've got. I haven't actually tried this yet, and the reason I haven't is because it's on pre-order. It's going to be released in tomorrow or in two days' time on the sixth of June, for you guys in the UK, um, you have to wait a couple of weeks longer, it's going to be about uh, 6 to 8 weeks away so guys go check it out, it's another one of their fantastic products, that's going to help you with your training, which will in turn help you with your racing and just make sure you keep your body as up to speed as possible, so check it out on xendurance.com they've got a little video clip and I'll explain you know a whole whole lot more on there on, on the how to use it and how you're going to get the most out of it, one well, of a few things that it does is helps to eliminate cramping and muscle burn gives you a lot more of your electrolytes and vitamins b6 and b12 to help with your recovery and uh yeah a whole bunch of other things so, so, so it looks like they're
0: out. using like gi really isn't it to so use the mm. different types of carbohydrate to give you different disbursement of energy as you're kind of training so you you know you're like your saccharose uh is your quick fuel and then you've got the things like your multi um mm. which is kind of longer releasing so it's kind of using that to kind of so if i take this one kind of piece of nutrition, I'm going to get a longer sustained energy
2: output. Your quick fuel, your mid-range fuel, and your long-range fuel. So check it out, guys, xendurance.com, and it's called Fuel 5. Good times, rock
0: and roll, guys. X Endurance. Okay, John bo has been doing lots of good work over the last few weeks, but we want to talk about a discussion of the week before we get into interviews. We yeah. haven't done a haven't, uh, discussion of the week. Did we do no, one?
2: We no, haven't, we haven't done one for, for probably about seven weeks. No, because
0: there's a way. So we're going to start off again. So this week's discussion is what are the three best things WCC have done in the last few years for Ironman from your perspective? I'm sick of bagging them, Bevan. I'm sick of it.
2: <laughs> and I want to find some positive stuff to say about WTZ because I think they do so many good things. I was listening yeah. to an interview with Andrew Messick the other day and going, yeah, man, you, you, I, I really like Andrew Messick and I think he's talked some, some good sense on, on a lot of topics. And so, yeah, let's rather than just bag them all the time, um, what are some of the good things they're doing?
0: Okay, I'll put that up and you can go comment on Facebook. Okay, guys, we're going to interview Barry Siff. i have had him on a show a few times. He's just one of those really great guys of the sport, really lovely man. John did this interview while i was away so let's chuck that in right now okay we're very happy to have back on the
2: show it's almost now official, the voice of American Tri, uh, Barry Siff. He is, you guys have heard from him before, he's now the president of USAT. He's also on the ITU executive board and we were chatting before we came online and in the background of his picture, some fine gentleman actually made him a little plaque which says the voice of American Try," made out of a bunch of uh, car number plates, which is pretty cool. So welcome back to the show, Barry.
3: Hey, it's great to talk with you guys again.
2: So, been a few changes in, in your world. Um, yeah. Tell us a bit about the this <laughs> sort of move to uh, USAT and, and also the ITU executive and, and what your your new role entails.
3: Yeah, sure. Uh, you know, since the last time we spoke, I um, I think I was already on the board of directors for USA Triathlon. But in a period of just a few years, I was elected uh, last April, April of 2014, to be president of USA Triathlon and help move us forward in all ways and and uh you know it was a huge honor and i've taken it on in a very much a full-time capacity even though it's 100 percent volunteer uh <laughs> i love it i'm passionate i think you guys know how passionate i am about triathlon in all respects and this allows me to really deal with it at the highest level and then in december i was incredibly honored by uh, Marisol Casada and the head, uh, the, all the heads of uh, ITU when they appointed me to an opening on the ITU executive board. So it's been an incredible year politically and governance-wise in the sport of triathlon. And those are two huge changes. I'm also on the executive board of CAMTRI, which was formerly known as PATCO, which is the Confederation of the Americas, so South America, Central America, North America. So I'm about as involved in the governance of triathlon as probably anybody, uh, certainly anybody in, in the Americas. So and, uh, just, just in it.
2: terms of, um, is it mainly sort of governance roles? Because I would imagine with the USAT, you've got um, a reasonable number of paid employees so is it very much more of a governance role and then there's a CEO of um USAT or how does that sort of work over your way
3: yeah 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 we've got about 55 or 60 full-time employees it's a pretty big organization you know we have a budget of around 17 or 18 million (laughs) dollars it's a big I mean it's kind of like a big company and we've got a CEO who you know, is paid, in you know, a well, and he, and he works very, very, very hard to run the organization. He's been there about four years, does a great job. And uh, he is the day-to-day individual who is responsible for executing essentially the strategies and the big picture that the board uh, puts together. You know, we put together a strategic plan a couple of years ago. Um, we were involved in some of the discussions on our high performance program, but all the, all the things we deal with are at a pretty high level. And then they filter down through Robert back our CEO who gets them executed. And we set the priorities and, and, uh, and, and handle the budget. We give him the budget, uh, to, to make it work.
2: So, who else is on there with you? Because I remember we had Dan Enfield did a great interview with him recently on, uh, I'm on a the Legends. And yeah. I, 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 one one area I didn't get to with Dan is some of the work he's done in governance. And I don't know if he's still involved or not. But are there any other people that are really getting stuck in as well?
3: Well, we've got twelve people on the board. You probably wouldn't know. You might know Ben Collins. Ben mm-hmm. Collins is one of the athlete representatives. But I would guess he would be about the only person you might know on our board. We have eight general directors who are elected by our, our membership. And, you know, we have a very big membership. We have 175,000 annual members, and and uh, they vote, you know, for eight directors. And then there are three athlete representatives and then one independent director. But I doubt you would know them. There A couple of them are race directors, a couple are... You know, long-time volunteers. Chuck Raziano has been involved in governance probably for 30 years. Involved in giving his time to USA Triathlon, for example. Mm. And there are some just some great people who have committed to. Uh, and, and again, they're all non-paid, like myself, and we just give of our time. Dan Emfield did it many years ago. He was mm. on the board. Mm. Um, you know, Dave McGilvery was on the board many years ago. So, but right now, it's a lot of unsung heroes who give a lot to the progress of our federation
2: um you know i know from an athlete perspective certainly in new zealand and i don't know about different parts of the world but often people go i'm not i don't not joining up to a club what's in it for me sort of business and i know well i think in in the states you have to be a member to to do races um i know when we go off and do kona 70.3 we need to get a a one-day license i think we pay 15 yeah. bucks or whatever it is yeah. so yeah. but for the you know a lot of our listeners are going to be the Ironman athletes who maybe are not necessarily strongly connected with a triathlon community in the area they just do it they just do events um, do they need to be members and what do they actually if they are members what do they actually get out of it in terms of are people maybe there's more that they're missing out on they just tick a box and they don't even realize they're a member each year
3: yeah, there, there is quite a bit, actually. It's a, it's a pretty robust package of benefits that one gets. So on a one-day, yeah, if you go do Hanu like you do and you just do once a year, you're going to pay, it is $12 or $15 one-day fee, and you get you know your insurance coverage. So if anything happens to you during that race, you know, you're going to be taken care of. I mean, we've had, you know, our insurance coverage is extremely, extremely strong. Um, you know, as a race director, I had people, you know, I had a fatality at one of my races. I had people have very serious accidents and never had a problem with our insurance coverage. But beyond that, um, they get, we have a f- phenomenal quarterly magazine, which is the largest triathlon magazine in the world, biggest circulation, of course, because it goes to all our members. Mm. Uh, it's quite large. Uh, you get a $20 gift certificate to try sports which Mm -hmm. is, uh, you know, the online retailer here in the United States and and worldwide. Uh, You get all kinds of discounts with United Airlines and car rentals and hotels. Uh, Just a tremendous, you know, and of course, the biggest thing we feel is the affinity and alignment with the triathlon community. Mm -hmm. It's supporting our sport. You're supporting our Olympic program. You're supporting you know, Gwen Jorgensen and Katie Zafaris and Sarah Chu and Renee Tomlin and Jared Shoemaker and Hunter and all those people in their bid for the Olympics. And just, you know, our, our NCAA program where we're now having women get scholarships to go to college. Uh, you're supporting all those efforts. So it's both supportive of the sport, but the actual tangible benefits are pretty tremendous.
2: Mm, I think that's one of the things people sometimes don't get. They are actually... Whilst they might not directly go, well, I'm doing that 70.3 and that Ironman, how is this actually going to help me? But in terms of stable, you know, stabilizing the, the sport as a whole, um, oh, yes, absolutely. you can see the Olympic program and they go, well, I don't really care about that. But just ensuring that there is some sort of backbone beyond just uh, beyond just one or two events here and there, I think people sometimes just don't quite get that.
3: Yeah, I mean, you know, it's supporting the sport in general. You know, I mentioned the Olympics, but also... I've gotten very, very close with our paratriathlon community, and we have a very, very strong paratriathlon program. And, you know, that's very expensive. And, Mm -hmm. uh, you know, we support that hugely. Um, So, you know, that's a growing aspect of our sport. And, yeah, I mean, it's... And financially... You know, if you do two or three races a year, it makes all the sense in the world to be an annual member. Mm -hmm. If you only do one race, yeah, you can rationalize that cost, you know, dollars and cents. It might not work out, but depends how much you value some of the discounts. It depends how much you value your magazine, et cetera. So, Mm -hmm. yeah, I think it's a, a very, very strong program. And that's why we have, you know, the largest federation in the world by far.
2: So, in terms of your relationship with WTC, obviously they run an enormous amount of events in North America. Um, yep. Seventy point three's Ironman. Do, do they have to be aligned with you guys, and what sort of a relationship do you guys have with them?
3: You know, they're an independent company. I mean, they're a private entity, and they can do whatever they want. They definitely are aligned with with us in the in North America and in the United States. Um, because they believe in our program, they obviously recognize the strength of our insurance program, uh, which insures them as well. So it keeps them taken care of if they ever have any incidents. And I think with Andrew Messick on board, you know, Andrew and I talk on a on a pretty routine basis, and we have a lot of respect for each other. And I think that the relationship with WTC and uh, USA Triathlon, as well as ITU, uh, is only getting stronger and stronger. Uh, certainly, there's some, there are some challenges, you know, between us. Uh, Andrew's, you know, he's a very, very good entrepreneur, a very, very good business guy. And while we may be in the sport for different reasons, you know, we're not necessarily in it to make money. We're in it to grow and develop, you know, triathlon in, you know, Cuba and in Africa and, and all over the world. Uh, he's in it to grow it all over the world, but mainly to get customers, and so ultimately you know we have similar goals and if we work together uh, i think it helps everybody and that's what he and i talk about a lot
2: do, do they do they have to be aligned with you though in terms of putting on events do they uh, no, is no. it they no they, they
3: can... could no they could uh if they wanted to go solo they could go solo they'd have to certainly go out and you know get their own insurance program they'd have to uh You know, they do have their own officials program somewhat, but most of their officials at our events here are USA triathlon trained officials. So there would be some changes, but you know, you can I could go out and put on a triathlon here in Tucson, Arizona with you know, as long as I got insurance and and certificates of insurance and permits and all. Mm. uh, you know, you don't have to be aligned, but of course then the people who do your race don't get any rankings. They don't get recognition from USA Triathlon, and uh, all in all, I don't think it's supporting the sport at all. I think I think WTC definitely has a strong commitment to USA Triathlon and recognizes our value. And um, we, again, we and we recognize their value. It's a great, you know, phenomenal organization.
2: One of the things I've come out with recently is the Ironman University, which, um, to be honest, I'm a little skeptical of. Um, but at the end of the day, it's, we discussed it on the show recently, it's got some, well, on the surface, seems to have some really positive things, but at the end of the day, my feeling is they're really trying to tie coaches into their, into their brand, and then there'll be sort of a matching between athletes and coaches. So I certainly see the benefit of uh, a coach going and signing up, um, apart from paying the, 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 the fees, the ongoing fees and what have you. But do, do you feel that that's direct competition for you guys in terms of your coaching certification program?
3: You know, we've talked with them about it extensively. Uh, again, WTC had the class and, and respect for us that you know they talked to us about it many, many, many months ago when it before it was really public, and we had conversations. We knew it was coming. Um, I can't say I'm excited about it. I, I'm disappointed. I think that USA trial I mean, we have a we have over twenty four hundred, over two thousand four hundred certified USA triathlon coaches including myself who have sat through you know two three two or three days of in-classroom training um, discussion workshops etc and uh, gotten tested and and keep in touch through our CEU so it's a really strong program and when I hear Andrew talk about their program and I've seen parts of the program it is a very first class online program it's it's impressive you know when when dave scott talks people listen Hmm. but i don't know that i you know I, i i'm not thrilled about it we're still talking with uh wtc about you know certainly here in the united states having said all that i think i think wtc's pitch is you know they're growing in you know they're growing in the middle east and in asia and in places where it's not like boulder and tucson where you've got coaches on every corner Hmm. Um, so all of a sudden if you've got a a triathlon in you know wherever uh, Hmm. bolivia Hmm. uh, and there's there aren't any coaches there and you want your people to have the best experience possible that's that's messick's pitch and Hmm. i respect it they want people to have a good experience Well, the best one of the best uh, delineators toward a good experience is having a coach. Mm. And so this provides, you know, USA triathlon doesn't teach a lot of coaches in Bolivia, but mm. now someone can just go online or sur- soon and get some education, some level of education. Mm. Uh, I mean, let's not fool ourselves. It's still a money-making proposition. It ultimately creates more ironmen, It creates mm-hmm. more coaches. They have a monthly fee, but long and short of it is in some of those developing countries uh i see some very very good positives so mm. um yeah i i i see where they're going with it but yeah i do i see it as competition yeah, i'd hate i'd hate for someone to you know go in from a gym you know being mm. a personal trainer not knowing triathlon at all going online for a few hours and now they call themselves an iron man certified coach mm. it scares me a little bit but mm. it's it's You know,
2: it's okay. Speaking of competition, one thing that I... um didn't mention we were talk about is a bit about the ch- about Challenge coming into the states and and how they're sort of fearing we've actually got um, Zippy from Challenge on the show and you guys have got you know whilst WTC are the dominant player in North America as far as the outsiders can see you know you do have some other big providers I know set up events do a bunch of um, events uh, so you have got quite a lot of independent providers and Challenge essentially are another one of them. Um, do, I don't know does 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 it frustrate you to see how WTC are constantly trying to to crush challenge? you know we've seen another example in, in Bahrain recently where um, WTC have just gone and slapped another race um, just just to try to crush them I don't know it frustrates me. I get competition, but um, in terms of growing the sport, it doesn't seem like the best sort of way around things.
3: You know, we had this discussion, we had a board meeting recently, just two weeks ago in Dallas, Texas, and this came up, um, more off, kind of off the record, just maybe it was over beer or something, um, and that would have been at night, not during our board meeting. Uh, but I think that... <laughs> Don't in, have beers at your board meetings? Come on. <laughs> we, we, uh, we were talking, talking, I think it was about Chattanooga, and I believe Ironman came in and Put a seventy point three or an Ironman right on either the same weekend or whatever as Challenge, and you know, again, I I I respect the free market system, and if Challenge can put on a quality event and get the numbers, you know, God bless them. Do I think it's cool to come on top of a race like that? No. Mm -hmm. Uh, When I owned races in Boulder and. I remember someone coming in and putting on another race like two weeks before mine and copying the exact same course. I was pretty pissed off. But it's their, you know, that was their choice. And we were successful and they weren't. And in this case, you know, Ironman is successful. They are certainly the, you know, thousand pound gorilla. Mm-hmm. I think the challenge has to differentiate themselves. I, I, I love Zippy. I mean, yeah. you know, hey, who doesn't like Zippy? Who doesn't like Felix? It's a great organization. They care about people, et cetera. But there are many organizations like that uh, that aren't succeeding. I mean, they've, mm-hmm. they've, they've got to find a way to differentiate themselves and, and, uh, and compete. And right now, no one has been able to do that with Iron Man. Mm-hmm. Uh, no one. And, uh, you know, I I don't have an answer. It doesn't, I I, I don't lose sleep over it. I mean, I think Ironman's growing the sport. What I don't like is Ironman is growing the sport at the 70.3 and longer distances and the Ironman distance. I'm very, very, very hot right now. It's probably one of my largest topics. We need to grow Olympic distance and sprint distance. And Ironman, I think, did a, a little bit of a disservice in in you know, giving some races to Lifetime and kind of divesting itself of all the Olympic races. And then Lifetime gets rid of all the prize money. And I have, it hit me personally because I used to own the Boulder Peak Triathlon and Jody and I had $35,000 in prize money personally. Mm. And we were still very profitable. Mm. And Lifetime is a lot more profitable than we ever were. And they, mm. don't, they didn't have any prize, they don't have any prize money. In Boulder, Colorado, where, you know, where half the population of pros live, uh, this race now, which had gone on for over 20 years with prize money from day one, now has no prize money. So I'm looking for ways for us as USA Triathlon or just for ways to support race directors in getting some money for the sprint and Olympic distance athletes. Because if we don't provide that avenue, then, then the professionals, I mean, these 20- these 20 and 21-year-olds, the ones who win our, our NCAA championships – um, what are they going to do at 21? They got to go to 70.3 and get their ass kicked. I mean, that's not Yeah, you know, I don't think that's good in, so, in, in
2: terms of yeah. the, the not being prize money there Is it that there's not money there because they're struggling to make the The race directors are struggling or is it more of a case they're going? Well, what the hell should I offer prize money for? It's not going to add any value to my event
3: I think, it you know, this is just my opinion, and again, it's not maybe the right thing that the President of the Federation should be saying, but I think it's the latter. I think it's just a lack of respect for the professionals. And, mm. uh, you know, I've had lots of conversations with people, that, and you see it all the time, people saying, you know, what's the value of having professionals at a race? If you owned a race... Would you give thirty five thousand dollars out of your pocket because it 's a fallacy mm. that some company comes in and says hey i 'll give you thirty five thousand uh, dollars for the pros that doesn 't mm. happen very often. we just took it out of our profits mm. and we were still profitable, and I think lifetime should be able to you know put on these races and be profitable enough to uh, support the professionals and i 'm not just picking on lifetime I mean there mm. are other events that obviously have stopped or cut back on their prize money. I mean, the only one that made sense to me was Hy-Vee. I mean, I've known Hy-Vee for 25 years as a company, and I think it was awesome that they stepped in. It was absolutely zero surprise that then they had a different course of direction. They're not a triathlon company yeah. or even a fitness company. They're a regional supermarket chain. But, um, yeah, I, I think we got to find ways to promote the sprint and Olympic distance. I also don't think it's healthy, for our sport to grow on the shoulders of, of the long distances because you know, you, that's not sustainable. Um, I, I talked with one of my best friends yesterday who did the uh, uh, Boise 70.3 because he's getting ready for Ironman Canada. And this is the first Ironman he's done since Kona in 2011. And he's totally burnt. You know, it, it's hard to be doing an Ironman. Lots of time. And so too many people are one and done you know, yep. they do, and and that's not good for the sport, what's good for the sport is doing a little sprint triathlon at a pool, and then having some fun, and then doing Olympic, and you know, really mixing it up, and being in it for a long, long time, that's mm. what I want to see.
2: Yeah, no, I totally get it, and then, I mean, I know this is very much an Ironman based show, but um, right. so many right. of our athletes, uh, they just do a 70.3 and an Ironman each year, and um, perhaps they've never done a sprinter or an Olympic, and don't quite get it, but Geez, I mean, I, um, I mean, I enjoy doing Ironman, but uh, I equally yeah. enjoy a hell of a lot more, to be honest, at times, going out there and actually spanking it for an hour and, uh, and getting it done. And you can go out and do a one-hour training workout and feel like you've actually made some progress rather than thinking, if it's under two hours, I'm wasting my time.
3: Yeah, abs- absolutely. We just did a focus group, as a matter of fact, with about a dozen people at our headquarters, people who have never done a sprint or Olympic, and they've only done... Ironmans and 70.3s, multiple Ironmans, and they've never in their life done a sprint or Olympic. And we're trying to get to understand that, you know, and, you know, so that we can address it and, and, and create a better pathway for people. You're preaching to the converted, Barry. I'm here. Yeah, I, <laughs> uh, hey, hey, I I I do know that and, and we've just got to spread the love, you know, and it's Iron man's Ironman's I mean, listen, I you know, you and I love Iron Man and, and, and that distance, I should say, and I think it's a great goal for people, but what I don't like seeing is people setting that goal, doing it, getting it on their Facebook page and then dropping out of sight, you know, mm. because They've done it. You know, it's a bucket list thing, and it shouldn't be a bucket list thing. It's got to be a lifestyle. You know, triathlon's a lifestyle, and uh, I'm not sure Ironman is a sustainable, singular lifestyle. So, totally. but Anyway. What, what, one you.
2: area where you guys are being uh, incredibly successful is at the elite level um, of ITU racing. You know, obviously, yeah. Gwen, Gwen Jorgensen is just crushing it and is just yeah. – unbeatable but it's not just her you know you're getting you've had some uh, some complete podium washouts with america yeah. one two three on the females and uh generally just dominating the dojo um a bit like spain and great britain are on the, on the guys side so yeah. how long has it taken to get to this state this stage and and what has been the main drivers to to produce a, a big stable of athletes
3: well, the main driver, quite frankly, and you've probably heard Barry Shepley refer to Barb Lindquist. Mm-hmm. You know, we we decided several years ago. It's probably been about five years, maybe six, that we would start looking for specifically strong swim runners, and we would be looking into the college ranks and finding people who were swimming at a very elite level, but also could run on a college track team or have a fast fifteen hundred time, et cetera. And Barb's out there, you know, researching, searching, et cetera, and has found, you know, many of these people. The only one right now who didn't come that way is Sarah Gra, or Sarah True. Mm. Uh, but, you know, Katie Zafaris, Gwen, Renee Tomlin, Kirsten Casper, all have come, you know, that route. And so that's been a very, very successful program. Barb is brilliant. Bobby McGee right behind her is brilliant. Uh, Jonathan Hall, our entire high performance team. I was just talking with Jody, my wife, about it this morning. We've just got such a great team uh, of people. And I think it starts at the top and it's worked, you know, through the entire organization. We have a huge commitment to the success of our our high performance program. Um, I was in Yokohama for an ITU board meeting when we had, you know, nine women there and six men. I mean, Mm. we're We're really supporting the sport, you know, and it's tough to see other countries. I I really feel for, you know, particularly a good example is South Africa. You know, I'm I'm asking, hey, where's Kate Roberts right now? And where's so-and-so and And where's so-and-so? You know, they don't have any money. I mean, Mm -hmm. they can't support their athletes. So, you know, Richard Murray is about... I think he's supported, but, you know, Henry Schumann supports himself, I understand. And, you know, Spain is the same way. I mean, God bless those guys. Uh, They have very limited money, but look at they're you know, they're obviously kicking butt. Mm. But We're taking care of our people. They get to travel all over the place. They get taken care of, and we find the right people, and we have a lot of coaches. So Mm. we have a college recruitment program here in Scottsdale, Arizona, where Jared Evans, an Aussie coach, Uh, It has basically got about eight people that he's had his arms around for the last uh, year or so. I mean, we're getting people like Renee Tomlin who, you know, won in Cuba. She won a world cup. She's been on this podium, you know, everywhere. WTS. She she was ranked as high as 16th in the whole WTS series. She's been doing triathlon for less than two years. Mm -hmm. Uh, It's just, it is unbelievable. Of course, on the men's side, it's a little bit different story. And, you know, we we still haven't figured that out. I'm being told. You know, I talked to everybody about it. It's just a harder nut to crack. It takes longer with mm-hmm. men to develop. We've got some we've got some stud athletes in the stable that Barb Linquist has found, but uh, it just takes longer, and mm-hmm. it seems to be a bit tougher through that bike section. You know. Yeah. yeah.
2: Uh, just yep. so just in terms of where you guys, you know, you, you said you'd, you'd look after the athletes. Is, is your, a lot of your money derived from government funding, or is it through your membership?
3: Uh, no, it's through the membership, largely through the membership and what our board, you know, budgets. Um, every November we set the budget, and, you know, we have this big amount, big pot of money, and race directors and coaches, everybody's looking for money in different programs, and mm-hmm. we we decide how much to allocate. We get about... What is it maybe twenty percent twenty five percent from the u s o c the u s olympic committee uh they they support us um but you know we're in the you know two and a half three million dollar range of spending money and and supporting our athletes and that a lot most the majority of that the vast majority comes from our membership dues yeah. Nice. yeah. And
2: obviously in terms of the ICU sort of distances for for age group athletes, I noticed that, just just announced yesterday, and I know this show won't be coming, it'll be a week later by the time this interview goes live, but um, this year you have the World uh, Triathlon Series finale in Chicago. We do. Next year um, I don't see any races in the States. Um, I see one in Edmonton and Cozumel. Um, Is that... uh, a worry for you, or is it a case of just it gets shared around from year to year? It seems like American race has come on and off. Um, you know, you had uh one in Washington, I think, a few years ago. So, what's the um the deal there in terms of the the, the top level stuff?
3: Well, we're coming off of three or four straight years, you know, in San Diego and then Chicago.
2: Hmm.
3: I will tell you, um, this show is coming out in a week. Let's see, it's on the 23rd, <laughs> yeah. So, we You know, let's talk after the 23rd, see what (laughs) it looks like. I don't think the door, all I'll say is I'm not sure the door is shut as of this phone call. Yeah, yeah. yeah. So I'll leave it at that.
2: Um. And it, just in terms of the, the lay of the land for, for age group athletes at, at ITU level, like are you guys, you know, obviously we see sensational growth with 70.3s and what have you. Yeah. Um, are you still seeing good levels of growth at uh, sprints and Olympics or is it sort of we, just um, leveled off?
3: Yeah, I, I, I'm not seeing it as, strong, as strongly. Uh, we are promoting, uh, I will tell you, draft legal a lot more. In the states, you know, the the states is probably the most anti-draft legal country, I would guess, or one of them. And so, when it was announced that the ITU Sprint Worlds was going to be draft legal, you know, we had a lot of a lot of uh, fallout that we had to deal with and address. I think we've turned that around, and um, I think we're going to see a lot more draft legal emphasis here with USAT um, at the forefront. We recognize that that's. You know growing in popularity and it's not just for the young people uh we have a very very good youth program we have a talent id program within usat and we have all kinds of uh youth uh draft legal races but now it's also extended through the collegiates and um i think we're going to have a lot more emphasis on that and i hope that will grow the interest in itu here in the united states obviously the grand finals in chicago will Obviously, if Gwen or Sarah or Katie or Renee or Kirsten or one of our seven or eight women can or three of them can podium in Rio, Mm -hmm. I think that will help our sport here in the United States. But um, as you well know, in in Europe, ITU is very, very strong. And in Mm -hmm. in other areas of the country of of the world uh, here in the United States, you know, it's Ironman. You know, when Mm -hmm. someone sees me wearing my triathlon shirts, they always say, you know, like everybody, have you ever done Ironman? And. I want to talk to people about, have you ever done a sprint? Have you mm. ever done, you know, a short race? You can always do those. You know, I've got Jody and I are putting on one little race here in Tucson where you go down a water slide into a lazy river and swim against the current. Nice. And then you do the bike and the run, and it's just fun, you know. And <laughs> so I think we need more of those races.
2: Just in terms of the draft legal, um, I'm all yeah. in for that sort of stuff. But, um yeah. Uh, in terms of the bikes and stuff, are people going to require to have ITU legal bikes? Because that's that's probably one of the main stumbling blocks I see in terms of getting. Um, you know, if, if if someone's on a limited budget and they've got a TT bike, then it's not going to be ITU legal. Is so, what's the story there? That's
3: a problem. No, that's a legitimate problem. You need. You know, we don't want to have TT bikes and draft legal events. Um, yeah, I don't. I don't know how to answer that other than uh, that's why I just got my new trek uh, amande or amanda or <laughs> yeah. whatever so i can start riding in some of these you know i intend to do some of these draft legal races and yeah it makes it on, on one hand it makes it more difficult on the other hand uh people can you know do triathlons on regular bikes and have fun you know yeah. my my thing right now is try to let's let's bring some fun back in the sport and not worry about six or eight or ten thousand dollar bikes all the time yeah yeah so Barry, it's
2: like Barry. we're brothers sometimes. Hey man, <laughs> we have the I, same agree. I got it. Hey
3: you know, John, John, do you remember about four years ago? Though I think you had some inside information that we disagreed on. That thought Rio was going to be a sprint. Oh yeah. No,
2: <laughs> yeah, no, you're right. I'm I, wrong. I'm happy. Took that, I took that bet. I, I I still think it's I still think it's coming. Um, I think. Uh, <laughs> Like the the the, the sooner they go to sprints, you know, some of those sprint races have been fantastic, and I totally agree with you. They've just got to they need to start changing the formats. Need to have some double super sprints, and just uh, the Olympics, fantastic. I love it, but there's just so many different ways you can uh, you can hit it for for keeping the excitement levels there.
3: Well, of course, a mixed team relay is what we're really trying to get. Yeah, it is fantastic, and I am really hopeful. That's one of the things the ITU board that we're working on is certainly to get into Tokyo. Uh, have the mixed team relay because that would just be that's a fantastic event. But the super sprint, what we call the super sprint, which is swim bike run swim bike run, kind of like the old series in Australia and France. Uh, we're going to support. We had about three or four of those this year. We're probably going to have three or four next year where we USAT puts up prize money and you know it's a short race. It takes about forty-five minutes, and uh, you know it's balls to the walls. I mean, mm. it's a great great event. I love that stuff.
2: Awesome. Barry, right, we, love, we love your work as always. Is in any, anything you. else you want to get across to the listeners in terms of anything that um, USAT is just trying to make sure people are aware of?
3: No, I think the only thing I want to emphasize, you know, is I know it's I am talking. It's a lot, of, you know, primarily Ironman, but there's nothing wrong with sprints and Olympics, and we got to go back to our roots and have some fun. And like you say, it's always good to blow out a day of a of an hour, an hour and a half, and. It's good for Iron Man training, so I'd like to see that area grow. And I thank you guys for everything you do. I love the show, you know that.
2: And uh, John's ITU update is here to stay. Don't
0: worry about that. <laughs>
3: <laughs> very, very much. ITU loves you too.
0: Awesome. Thanks for your time, All as right. always, Barry. Cheers. And we are back, Jombo Anything I should hear? Or, no. Or
2: one. One thing that I just talked with um, Barry off off air that we forgot to to go through the interview, he really wanted to talk a bit about um, the ITU in terms of some of the work they're doing internationally and in developing the sport and it was pretty impressive and we'll probably get him on to talk about that another time but they go to all sorts of you know African countries and Pacific Islands and all through Asia and stuff Just they've basically got a sport development fund and they're just, they're doing, they really are expanding it and if you go to international races man, the fields are just so multinational you know, yeah. in Ironman when we go to races, yes they're multinational In terms of you know you've got your Germans and your Spanish and your English and a lot of that you know the the you know first world countries, but when you go to ITU man you've got. They're from everywhere. It's um, it's bloody good to see. So they have done a great job in terms of uh, developing the sport um, to a really diverse range of countries. So Funny. good so stuff. Th- ITU There's a
0: guy I know called Pete Clifford in Australia who's a coach, and he flies to like Papua New Guinea and Fiji, mm. and he goes over and does all these development camps for coaches and athletes. And it looks like it's a really great resource that you know the ITU is putting into developing the sport. So good work, ITU to mm. you. John, boy, we're gonna have an interview with from Challenge. Uh, he's an he's a really lovely man, isn't he? Have you met Zibby Yeah, in I, I
2: didn't meet him and. Didn't meet him in, in Hawaii, but everybody who has met him says he's a fantastic guy. Yeah,
0: he's really just a really, really nice guy. So John did an interview again when I'm away, so let's chuck that in right now. Right, guys. Um, as you will have heard earlier in the show, um,
2: we've been off for a couple of weeks, but we're now back, and there's been lots going on in the world of long-distance triathlon. And one of those things has been all the developments around. Dubai and some other races in America and what, what have you, so today we're going to find out some more information from the, the Challenge family, and we've got Zebi, and I've met Zibby before, so I'm going to give his surname the best shot I can, but I'm going to go with uh, Zluflik, or Zuflik, uh, tell me if i got it anywhere close, Zebi.
1: Well, <laughs> best of all will be to remain with Zebi. Right. <laughs>
2: <My> <laughs> At, what thund is thund the credit pronunciation?
1: Right,
2: you yeah, know, the right pronunciation is Schlufchik. Oh, goodness. I wasn't even so remotely to, close. Really close. Yes. <laughs> so, as I said, you know, there's been some um, some pretty major developments around Dubai, not just with your events. You know, initially when, when I saw the news that WTC were putting on a, a 70.3, I thought, oh, no, that's the end of the, the challenge races out there and the fantastic um, start you made out there last year. So maybe... Um, tell us about how things have developed from your side in terms of the challenge races and if you knew what was going on and 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 how things are going to change for you guys this year
1: well generally speaking we are extremely happy about the development of challenge Familia across the globe um, i just came back uh, this morning from challenge denmark at legoland amazing race 1700 athletes uh, beautiful uh, surrounding and I think this is, this is general um, general takeaway from, from what challenge family status is right now. We are very good in shape, we're moving in the right direction. But, yeah, well, uh, I would call it uh, there is a dark shadow uh, chasing us, whatever we are doing, whatever innovation we are taking. I think um, announcing last year uh, Challenge Bahrain was amazing innovation and uh, contribution to the. To the travel world, it was a true um, game changer, and um, yeah, uh, the developments of the last weeks uh, have been somehow surprising to us. On the other end, not very much because, as I have said, whatever we touch, whatever we do in a global scale, the dark shadow of uh, Ironman and WTC is just just behind us. Yeah, and um, you know, it's tough for me to comment what what they are doing. I mean. Uh, all the triathlon um, athletes uh, are intelligent enough uh, to pull together their thoughts if you see the date, if you see the course I think it's explaining a lot
2: yeah, I mean from an athlete's perspective from a a development of the sport it's very frustrating because obviously we look at Bahrain and of course they need more races in that, that part of the world so you know great WTC are going to put some events on there but then it doesn't really help the development of the sport when athletes have to choose between uh two events I mean some athletes can obviously do do both of them um but yeah it's it's pretty unfortunate so let's focus on the positives though so um what brought around the change to to going to a night race
1: well, as, as I have said before, we are trying to drive the innovation. I think uh, that's what what's we are here for. We want to develop the sport of triathlon and you know, put aside uh, the brands of, of Ironman or Challenge. Uh, you know, our sport is still tiny. So how can we grow as a sport? How can we gain more attention of um, general media, more attention of non-endemic sponsors, we have to grow the sport. And can you imagine where we will be as a sport if WTC will spend their money on uh, implementing innovation, creating new races, new race formats or uh, general media mm. uh, instead of, you know, trying to chase down the competition? You know, I love competition. I have to say I love red competition. This is the main driver of development of anything.
3: Mm. And so,
1: therefore, uh, you know, our focus is on innovation, our focus, you know, is on growth of the triathlon sport and our focus is on contribution to the local communities and uh, i think you know the innovation we uh, announced uh, with the night race is pretty amazing i mean the feedback we received throughout the media and social um, social media and um, feedback from athletes have been truly amazing so thank you uh, guys out there it's it's, it's pretty pretty amazing to uh, received so much positive feedback and uh, so much you know warm words uh, as for our position and uh, we moved the race three weeks uh, before our original date just to avoid uh, conflicts and um, yeah this is our way moving forward taking a high road and deliver excellence and um, so what
2: what sort of time of the day will the race start and will the, the bike be at night as well or Sort of give us a rundown of of how the the race plans to be, unfold.
1: Right. So we are planning to start the race around three three thirty. So the swim will be in the daylight, but even the swim we could do uh, with uh, within the nightlight. Mm. And then we go on the bikes, and uh, uh, for for majority of the age groupers, uh, uh, the bike will be already in the dark. And uh, you know we are very very lucky that we have amazing. Mm-hmm. Um, light system in in Bahrain, and uh, mm-hmm. this will be very very easy to apply as for bike and same thing for for run. And we will, you know, take uh, maximum efforts uh, to provide maximum security to to our athletes and have a truly uh, amazing experience. And I think this will be something uh, people will never forget in their lives. Uh, mm-hmm. Finishing crossing the finish line. Around midnight will be truly amazing, and there will be huge celebration. The finish line will be uh, pff, stocked. I'm quite sure we'll announce the course uh, there will be some changes to the previous course, uh, but i I can guarantee you one thing this will be experienced uh, never to forget
2: not going to get eaten by lions or anything like that in the um, in the game park
1: well, <laughs> we, you know, we, we just really need to. Uh, provide the new step by step so as soon as we're clarifying the things we'll share with the, with the audience but there will be some 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 great innovations that's oh. that's something you can rely on
2: so a lot of people have wondered what's going to happen with the the triple crown now obviously you know a lot of the pros were looking forward to the challenge race in Oman the course sounded pretty pretty spectacular but I think everybody realises, understands the reasons why you c- couldn't put that race on, so what, what now happens to the Triple Crown, or is that sort of not really a challenge decision, it's more more the, the, the prince and the, the royal family really decide what's going on with that
1: Right, well the final of the, of um, His Highness um, Sheikh Nasser Triple Crown will be held uh, within Challenge Bahrain. so that's fixed, that's 100% uh, committed and uh, this is what we are focusing on. And I think, you know, His Highness' uh, contribution to the triathlon sport is, is, is truly amazing. We are sharing very much the, the values and the, and the uh, objectives he's he's um, representing and bringing into the into the triathlon world. Uh, so our our focus is on Challenge Bahrain and the final of the Triple Crown. And as for Oman, I think uh, athletes very well understood that uh, due to the circumstances we had to um, cancel this race and um, move ahead to the to the 100% focus on the final.
2: So um, I probably should know this. So obviously the first race of the challenge of the Triple Crown was uh, was Dubai, and then. You have, so you have Bahrain and then Dubai again? Or is it going, still going to be three races?
1: Well, three races is a triple crown. Yeah, yeah,
2: yeah. yeah. I get that. But we've only had one, haven't we? We've, we've had um, – because Terenzo obviously took out uh, – did he take out Dubai or Bahrain? I should know these things. I've been on holiday too long. Um, but we've only had one race, haven't we, of the three?
1: Yeah, lucky you. if you so long holidays to forget such facts. But yeah. yeah, Terenzo was – was taking uh, Dubai. Yeah. And then, so the second yeah.
2: race and the third race will be?
1: Yeah, well, as I have said, the ground final is uh, in Bahrain. Yeah. And as for the second race, there is a still pending discussion. So there are a couple of options in the pipeline, and uh, hopefully, very, very soon, we'll be able to announce. Cool. Um. Obviously, you know, you guys this year, or not this,
2: just this year, but, um, you know, you're trying to make your way into the North American market, you know, and uh, I think a lot of our North American listeners probably don't appreciate how strong you guys are in Europe, you know, WTC are still, the, as you say, the, the dark shadow, but you guys have got a very strong following and in, in, in a lot of very popular races in, in Europe. But uh, no. how hard has it been for you guys to, to crack into America, where the the you know the M dot brand is just so strong, and everybody just wants to do M dot races, and they uh, so many of them won't even look at another brand, whether it be Challenge or set up events or whatever the other the other um, brand might be. Um, has it been harder than you expected? Are you happy with progress, and, and where are things at?
1: Well first of all as you have said Europe is in a pretty amazing shape we have some strong uh, races a number of sold out races so we are we are progressing very very well uh, as for uh, America as well uh, you have said something what's what is kind of um, symptomatic I, I think monopoly is not good for anything mm. so i think this is uh, this is you know this, this destroying uh, development and i think this is what we want to uh, avoid and 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 um, with our with our inroads in North America, I think we are in a, in a very, very good uh, shape, progressing very well. Uh, we set a joint venture, so we didn't take over. We put a partnership together with Charlie, the former Rev3 races. We're working hard. We have an amazing team on the ground. There is some positive progress. And so, of course, as always, with a, with a startup uh, uh Company, couple of uh, setbacks we have to accept and um, wrap up and move on. Generally speaking, we are very very happy and uh, have to build the, the North American market step by step. Nothing will happen overnight, as we have said. We are talking about brand of Ironman, which is having 35 years of history. And, you know, one thing to clarify very very uh, precisely. I really very much like the brand Ironman. I just mm. don't like the way the brand is managed. Mm. So we have a lot of respect for the brand, and I think the brand is doing a lot of great things for the sport. Thirty-five years of history is truly amazing. We are coming as a new uh, kid on the block. We are working very hard to, um, you know, deliver highest possible quality races. We want to be quality leader. We don't want to be leader in 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 uh, a number of races want to be quality leader. We don't want to be a McDonald's, we want to be a premium uh, gourmet restaurant, and that's what we're we focusing
2: on. Mm. Um, one uh, thing that you guys are facing some challenges with, and, and, and so are WTC and so is every race organiser, is there's so many races for the professionals now um, it's unless, you know, when you guys have Dubai and Bahrain and things like that you guys get you know, top quality fields because you put on a, um, an amazing amount of prize money same deal at Rote and so on but we saw recently you, know, you guys um, at a lot of your American races cutting the prize money and I think um, a lot of well I certainly understood the rationale behind that um, was that a hard decision to make and, and what were the main reasons for it?
1: Well, generally speaking, I think um, first time ever, we have some very, very positive movements as for professional athletes and their kind of a union or association. Uh, we have been very supportive to that. We strongly believe that professional athletes need a significant voice and this need to be listened by everyone uh, involved, by media, by uh, race organizers, by the industry. And I think this is critical moving forward. Second of all, we need to have a precise definition of what means pro. Right now, there are a lot of people out there who are carrying a piece of paper saying they are professionals. But what means being professional? What do you need to deliver in terms of value to the, to the races, to the partners, to the sponsors, to the race yeah. organizers? So there's a lot of things which need to be improved. And I think it's a, it's a process. It will take a time and uh, specifically what you are asking about our prize money um, structure in uh, america's and elsewhere we will definitely make a number of changes we made some changes in in the u.s we did we did a quite deep dive scientific analysis what's happened on the east coast in particular where majority of our races are taking are taking place and you know last thing what we want is to cannibalize ourselves we need to focus on uh, you know, excellent quality races, and see what really adds value to everyone involved. So, professional athletes, but you know, as, as you know, bread and butter of every race are our amazing age groupers. And I think really quality towards age grouper versus uh, price money and 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 a limited fields of uh, professional athletes, you have to make a trade off. And uh, I think in this case, we just maybe. A, analysis and our decision based on the analysis and still, you know, don't forget one thing: our our uh, contribution towards professional athletes uh, last year have been far over three and a half million uh, euro. Mm. And on top of that, this year we increased the price mining in total in a global scale. Uh, y- you know, every athlete in Americas have a chance to race with us. I think throughout. Seven or eight month consecutive months, and and uh, have a race with prize money. So I think there is a still plenty of options. Mm. Um, and yeah, that's that's the status. And uh, as as I have said, we are f- focusing on, on, on development of the whole 360 degrees approach towards professionals athletes as much as towards age groupers and and local communities. Cool.
2: Um- those are the main things I really, uh, really had. Is, is there any other things uh, or any other news that maybe, uh, I wasn't necessarily on holiday, I was on a, on a working trip, so but that, that may have slid through in terms of uh, any, any other major things that you guys want to make sure that listeners are aware of that, that they may not have seen, especially in the Americas where um, the news is sometimes a little harder to, to filter through?
1: Well, uh, actually, uh, we are very, very happy with the development of our races across the globe. We just had, uh, last weekend, as I have said, Challenge Denmark with 1700. A number of our races in Europe are sold out. Tremendous races have been delivered in Asia, in South America. Jeez, our races in South America are flying. Yeah. So we have an amazing team down there. We just announced, um, 10 days ago, Challenge Galloway in Ireland. Uh, we are we are over two thousand registrations by now. Nice. So it's a pretty amazing what's going on and I think I think this is somehow reflecting what the triathlon community is uh looking for, a healthy alternative. A healthy alternative. Uh alternative where athletes can uh, can express their their self, they, where they enjoy quality, where they truly enjoy f- dedication towards athletes in a, every single part of the of the race and again, as I have said before I just really like an, an, uh, competition as long as it is fair and our okay. focus is quality leadership, the best for our athletes across the globe and uh, yeah, growing the sport of triathlon that's what we are doing 24/7, 365
2: days a year Nice Now we love what you guys are doing. there's some uh, some fantastic stuff going on and we you know in terms of the, the stuff in the Middle East the, the coverage over there was great in terms of you know not just the picture quality but what you were doing was great so by and large we love what you're doing we always uh, we always nitpick when there's things to, to, to say that when you need to lift your game it's the same we try to be fair on you guys and fair on WTC um, but by and large we love what you're doing so keep up the good work.
1: Thank you very much, John, and uh, yeah, all the best to all of the triathletes preparing for upcoming races, and I'm looking forward to talk with you soon again. Sounds good. Awesome.
0: And we are back, Jumbo. I, again, haven't listened to this interview yet, so anything I should know?
2: No, I think the one thing that I – I don't know if he was trying to be elusive or not. Um, I was trying <laughs> to figure out how this tri- triple crown is going to work now because we had the first round in Dubai where yep. uh, Terenzo took it out, and they've certainly announced that Bahrain is going to be the finale of the the series. So when they have their Bahrain race in November, that is the final. But I was sort of trying to say, well, but that's only two. <laughs> where's where's the third one going to be? Yeah. So there's a bit of speculation around that in terms of uh, where it's going to be, and there's no confirmed. Uh, reports on what is actually happening. A lot of people have been saying that it might be 70.3 worlds. So essentially Terenzo and Daniela Reef would have to win, uh, well, they've won Dubai, they've won 70.3 worlds, and then they've got to win Bahrain to take out the million dollars. So it certainly doesn't seem that it is necessarily tied to a challenge race, which was the impression, well, no, was what the original plan was. It was to be uh, Dubai, and then it was going to be Oman, and then it was going to be Bahrain. So, yeah, some changes there. And probably one of the other things that we didn't discuss at the top of the show was with Challenge and WTC both having their races in, uh, in Bahrain, neither of them has actually announced anything around the prize purse. Um, and I forgot to ask Zibi that. Uh, so last year we saw that fantastic money for the pro athletes, but as yet... Neither Challenge or WTC, from what I could see, have announced what sort of price they're going to be paying up, which is interesting.
0: Yeah, it's interesting. We're just to see the developments in the area, Jonbo. Sponsor! com, as we talked about
2: in uh, the news earlier today, we've got a few Iron Distance races coming up. Cord Lane, hope you guys don't fry yourself too much. But on Athlinks, you can put up there, you know, what you can lay a bit of SmackDown talk before you go to the races. Dan Weber is, is racing there, and his, uh, he's actually done well. He's his, his goal for the race is to beat the Heat and finish the race. Uh, Emmett Clark is racing, Brian Schwind, and he wants to go and do an under 409 for the marathon. Uh, John McManus is racing, Mark Castro Vinci, uh, Sean Riley, Derek Herbert, Jonathan Geller, Jim Link and Nicholas Pocock is undecided if he's racing yet
0: so guys, <laughs> You need to you make to that get... decision pretty soon <laughs>
2: Yeah, he may well have uh, may well have done this a while ago So yeah, it's really cool, you can get, get on there guys um, put the races you've got coming up you can put your target times down there a lot of these guys are sort of targeting 12 12.30, 16.59 59, 11.59, 59 So good luck to all you guys racing over in uh, in Coeur Lane, and we really do hope that you can handle the heat yeah. and then over in France we've just got a couple of guys that have put themselves out there on Athlinks Jonathan Naim is racing a uh, French dude living in, in, uh, in London and also uh, Michael Cadeau. Uh, both those guys racing, he's from Austin, Texas so good luck for your racing this weekend if you want to join the crew on Athlinks.com Athlinks.com and get all your race results up there so when you're old and crusty like me you can go back and look at all your glory years Rather than uh, trying to search through about 5 million websites to find all your individual
0: results. Glory days. Oh, I love that song, Jumbo. Okay, dot com, guys. Get on it, check, check, check it out. Okay, questions and answers. We got a great email through from James Goddick. Uh, it was really good because he was just basically saying he was talking about the guy we were talking about. With we, cancer. we talked about him a few weeks ago, yeah. and he, he's been battling cancer. And, and he uh, entered at the rally 70.3. Uh, could race couldn't race because of treatment. Race organisers have gave him a refund and wished him well and treated him with. Uh plus but he entered the expo with his friends and unknown to him it was set up to compete in a 13 mile run my doctor contacted Man or WTC with the idea of just running the 13.1k run at an easy pace and WTC was all in the WTC folks met me and escorted me to the solutions desk and gave me my bib t-shirt and other swag and they encouraged me and helped me with everything no charge at all and far out we, we are really good at pointing out when WTC get things wrong but this is awesome. It's great. So yeah, you basically entered. You know, normally you say I've got to pull out of the
2: race, <laughs> I've got to pull out of the race, I've got cancer, you know, it's not it's not a biggie. But <laughs> of course it's a biggie. But they just they went over and above what you would expect, you know, in terms of pay giving and refund. Be letting him. I mean, this is not a a relay race, but they let him do the just the run portion of the race to make him feel like he's uh, feel like he's part of it. So good stuff, you guys at the rally seventy point three for being uh, good sports and making him feel like he's still part of the community when he's battling through uh, not the greatest time of his life.
0: Yeah, well done, and and well done for getting that run done too. We got an email from Paul Perry, and it's just got um, the Windsor. I'll I'll go through this one because Paul was really uh, asking a question.
2: Uh, around, it'd be really cool to have a little guide about all the different Man's around the world. You know how we did our, our Kona guide to Kona last year and it, whilst it was a bit of a piss take, it did have... A number of pointers about you know what to do at the race, race tips, uh, um, places to go and do things for your family to go and do outside the race. But he was really wondering. Um, if we, he said, "Oh, you should do that for all your different races." And I thought well, that's actually a good idea. But I'm not going to do that. <laughs> uh, but it would be pretty easy for us to gather all the data in terms of saying you know we could list yeah you know, maybe 20 different. Uh, Iron distance races around the world or 30 or whatever the number might be and the, the community can contribute saying right this is a cool thing to do at this race and this is where good places to stay, this is a good thing for your family and we can just put it all into a spreadsheet and it's not something that I want to sit there and uh, necessarily compile myself but if somebody else was keen to, to do it and make it an IM talk guide to Ironman um, if, if somebody wants to put their hand up then great. And, and you could maybe use it as a charity fundraiser. I'm just putting ideas out. I haven't even sprung this one on Bevan yet. He's probably shaking his head going, this is, this is madness.
0: Oh, it's but, madness. But good, on you, good luck for doing the work. <laughs> that's, that's
2: the thing, Bevan. I'm not doing the work. I'll create the spreadsheet and the form. If someone else wants to do the work and create this really cool IM Talk document and then maybe sell it for fundraising and we could put the money towards uh, some charity somewhere, then uh, I think it would be a cool thing. So if you want to do that, get in touch with uh, Bevan.
0: Okay, we've got a really good email I'll get in touch with you. Thanks, <laughs> <laughs> thanks, thanks a lot we if you clicked on that link because it's not working anymore uh, what's going on with the internet today well I don't know maybe I'm not quite sure if the website's still working but John John uh, Hancock? The sale, Hancock sent through an email to I love to trycom and where they've done a really good piece on the breakdown of what happened to the money in triathlon New Zealand, all within New Zealand over the last year, I think it was. But
2: the, the link's, gone. link's gone. Maybe it's just down for the day. But anyway, the website was I love to number two try and uh, it really showed where where or the the lack of money in, in New Zealand. I mean, if you took out Challenge Monica, I'm New Zealand, and the seventy point three, the money is pretty darn thin we've got one ITU race but in terms of for the second tier pro there really isn't much of a market at all in New Zealand so I think it was really highlighting the lack of money in New Zealand and what money there was was pretty much uh, largely well, not largely going offshore but you know it was very dominated by a few athletes and showed that if you wanted to try to make any sort of living out of the sport in New Zealand it was going to be very difficult
0: It was really well written because they looked at every way you could make money like every mm. opportunity to make money in uh belinda's in the background hello belinda long time no see Um, you
1: look brown
0: oh you know life in the sun um but yeah no it's a really well written piece of it does come up we'll we'll put it on the website anyway jumbo that's pretty much the questions and answers segment let's talk about our patrons
2: Yes, so uh, thanks to all the guys that continue to support the show, it means we can get over to Kona every second year, and also all our patrons uh, that are donating go in the draw to be there, if you come in at the 5 buck level you get one ticket in there, you come in at the 10 buck level you get two, uh, you come in at the 20 buck level you get three, and so on and so on, and plus if you go 10 or 20 then you also get some little gifts, but it just makes life a hell of a lot easier for us, it means we can cover all our overheads and um, we don't have to go grovelling around trying to find sponsors that. Uh, you know, and have 10 or 15 sponsors per show to keep things going. So love you guys for supporting what we do.
0: Yeah, it's really awesome. And these are some of the people who are patrons already, and we've got Jonathan Woodman. Oh, no, some of them.
2: So I've done, I've done a lot of these, Bevan. I'm, I'm looking after you. I've done the nicknames plus all the content this week. It's, yep, uh, yep. Some of these are new ones.
0: Yep, this, oh, really? Which ones are new ones? Yep, Jonathan Woodman and
2: yep. Lumberjack.
0: Nice. That, 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 that makes sense. Yep. I'll give will. it to you.
2: Actually, I didn't even think about that. Oh, I he? actually did it from his picture. Oh, really? So, um, 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 that's fantastic. I didn't did, pick did, up did on that. Did you not Woodman. see the wood? <laughs> yeah. So, Jonathan, his picture that he sent through, he's, um, he, where, where is it? Where is it? Where is it? Jonathan Woodman. There we go. He's coming across the line, and he's in all black, and he's got this big bushy beard, and he's got his arms up, and, the, and, the, and he's a pretty solid sort of guy. And I just thought, man, you look a bit like a, a good old lumberjack. Yeah. And that, that fits well with your name. I'm loving
0: it. It's perfect, John. You couldn't have done it better.
2: Kevin, the the assassin hunt. He's been a contributor before. He's from Christchurch, and he's the silent assassin because he doesn't say too much, but he comes up on you and just crushes you when you when you least expect it.
0: Destroys you.
2: Scott, the sleek chic Sheridan. That's a hard one. Try to say that fast. I wanted to go with lots of S's. (laughs) Obviously, it was was, was S and S, and he's a sleek chic. Okay, and then we have Uh, Craig, the time Lord McCarthy. Where's that come from? Uh, NameGenerator.com. dot <laughs>
0: <Okay. laughs> <laughs>
2: and then uh, Anthony the Force Lucas. Nice, that's a good one too. Guys, if, if I'm doing the nicknames, you stand a much better chance of getting a good nickname if you're a on Athlinks or b you've sent your photo through. Um, then you stand a much greater chance of getting a, a nickname that is uh, that we pick something out of what you look like or what you're doing rather than rather than that dot
0: and make sure that when you do, um, send, when you become a patron, send us through a photo, because you go to our website, we've got a, a, a page just for the patrons, and they have mm. all the photos of the people who have become a patron, and you go meet our patron, and you can even send through a little bit of a link. We've got a couple pages of patrons now, Jonbo.
2: I know, we're going places, it's working well. You
0: guys rock. I love it. And all, you, you know what's great about being a patron? I think what happens is when you become a patron, you instantly become good looking, because they are all <laughs> hot.
2: Yeah, you're so hot right now. You're so, you are so
0: hot right now. So there we go. So patrons, thank you so much for becoming a patron. It means so much to us. I have to say, who was it? This one here. Um, good old Matt Comrade Jones. This is a really cool photo of him in his wetsuit, but he's on the subway. I know,
2: can't, uh, it looks like a bit of a photo shoot And it's not a blue seventy, so it is disappointing But, uh, but it's wearing a wetsuit in the subway It would be pretty damn toasty, I'd imagine
0: He may have been doing a New York Ironman, you know Could okay, be You know, catching the subway Okay, Jumbo, what's your goss? Our sponsors are Athlinks.com Social networking for endurance athletes Extreme endurance Your lactic buffer, plus and the high five Yep, and our awesome sponsors. And all our little patrons, if you want to become a patron, go dub, 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 I am Talk Me, John, but I haven't seen you in weeks. It's always been a month. And it's still a Skype show. I know. I've
2: got to know. say thanks to Andrew Ferguson again for doing that music at the beginning, and we're going to be having more of that uh, coming up in the next few weeks, so you're a bloody legend. Good work.
0: Yep, John loves it.
2: John he's,
0: he's lapping it up. Okay, John but what's your goss? Well... I'm, uh, I've been away for I've three weeks, so there must be some good goss.
2: Yeah, well, there's no, no training goss other than I've been riding my bike a bit more. So
0: you're
2: out of Wellington? Out of Wellington. Oh, had dear. my first 30-minute uh, run last night and sort of just slowly might be on the way back. So that's the training goss, but I am enjoying being back on the bike. It's been really enjoying that. It's been great. We've had some good weather, so I've been out and about doing that. I uh, had my first exam for my study. What was it
0: like going back into an exam?
2: It's 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 more pressure than a bloody race, um, and it sucks when you go in and you know I, I, my, when you're revising. You know you're supposed to be revising what you already know, yeah. but I was, I've been on the back foot with this study from the get go at the start of this term. I was too slow off the mark, so when I was doing my revising, I was doing a lot of learning as well. <laughs> but I actually got to the exam thinking I think I'm pretty well prepared here. I think I'm I think I'm ready to rumble. And you open and, up uh, <laughs> first and, question. Oh, they did, they, it was a lot harder than I anticipated. I still did fine and had no problems passing at all. But A, it was an hour 15 exam and I thought, bloody hell, there's not going to be a lot of time here. Um, and people were getting up, like they say, at, at the hour mark, you can't leave between the one hour and the one hour 15 mark. So it was okay. a 75-minute so exam. you yeah, you can
0: get out, but if yeah. not, you have to stay. And they said,
2: right, we've got one minute to go before uh, you won't be able to get up. Uh, after this one minute and lots of people started standing up and going out and i'm like far out man you got 15 minutes here to potentially try to scrape a few more
0: yeah.
2: points or marks and you're getting up and leaving it's a different mindset when you're a mature student and i didn't have enough time to bloody finish So i had all these blanks and stuff and so i thought oh man i haven't done that well here but yeah did plenty well enough to pass no problems but didn't quite reach the lofty heights that i had hoped for Wow,
0: I and think so you got 80%, didn't you? That's not too bad. Yeah, so you it's know, still not too bad. That's you know, um, an A. What's an A? So that, Bevan, uh,
2: if you want to see a really good YouTube clip, Go onto my Facebook page. I want to get lots of people watching this, and I've got a clip that I made with my son Thomas about him building a Lego set that he got from his birthday that I brought back from Kona. Uh, he would love lots of people to, to go and comment on that and see that it's it's quite it's it's somewhat entertaining. Okay, I'm going to, I'm going to pull that. Up, so yeah. that for sure. and outside of that, Bevan getting ready for Epic Camp France. I'm bloody pumped about that. I'm going to talk about that some more next week because I've done all the route planning now and it is going to be awesome. And we've still got a couple of spots left and, man, I'm looking forward to it. That's, uh, my focus has totally shifted from from running and trying to be smoking hot fast and that for Auckland to now very much getting ready for France and actually going over there and crushing it. And I'm looking forward to Tour de France kicking off in just over a week.
0: What's what, 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 um, So you, are you going to do Auckland still?
2: Or? I'll still do it. But my whole thing this year was
0: to, run fast. to basically
2: put a year's worth of running down and see what I can do for a marathon. And given it's already June uh, and I'm back to zero, then I'm still going to go up there. We're going up anyway, and it's going to be a nice weekend but away with – The focus um, has changed. Yeah, the focus has changed. So we'll see. I'm still planning on running it and running as hard as I can, but I'm, I won't, don't anticipate being in lifetime best shape. Bevan, you've had three weeks of holiday.
0: Well, there's a couple of things I do want to say. Is if, I highly recommend, and I know you're not a big listener of books, but I've got this into an audiobook if you want to listen to it. Uh, this would be the best book I've read or listened to in the last three years. Uh, it's called Make It Stick by, uh, it's by lots of people. Maybe I'll put it in the links for this week's show notes. It's about education. It's about how do you learn, and it's by far... Man, it's like you. you look like uh, I read a lot of books, and so or well, listen to a lot of books. and read a lot of books, but um, when you know, you, you, when when you consume a lot of content, you often get a lot of ideas. And you know, so a book that you know you, you, it's a lot of repeat ideas. And so when you get one that really stands out, that really stands out. And this book has been. Like, I think a great book shifts the way I think and act in my life, and really this book has been one that's really just made a massive shift in the way I educate myself, and it's called Make It Stick, and it's it's absolutely brilliant. Like, I'm going to be a champion of this book because it's just a really brilliant book around what's the latest science saying around how we should learn and it's kind of contradicting a lot of traditional models of how we learn. I've got it as an audiobook, so if you want I can give it to you as an audiobook, That'd but it's great. um it's uh, anyone out there who's doing any learning right now, it's um it, it's it's brilliant. It's such a good book. Um what well, um holidays, yeah, we had a great time. We went to Bali. Um I have to say John we went to a movie yesterday you've got to take Tommy and, and, and Felicity to um Inside Out, Pixar's new movie. Okay. You heard of that? I haven't, but school holidays are coming up. And I dare you. I want to see if you cry in it. <laughs> okay. Tell you what, the tears were flowing. I was, I was sitting next to some guys, and I'm trying my hardest not to cry, man. It's pre- it's pretty emotional. It's a good film. But um, we went to Bali. Have you been to Bali before?
2: No, I haven't been to Bali. Pretty
0: good, Jonbo. Pretty good.
2: <laughs> it, uh, the thing that appeals to me about Bali: nice weather, looks like nice beaches, but nice prices too. I imagine. Oh, Jonbo,
0: unbelievable. <laughs> um, but you'd go out for dinner and you'd have like you know four course or you know like a couple mains you know entrees drinks and everything and a big night would be 30 bucks mm-hmm. you know big night it's a big night one night we did go to a really flash place and we dropped 100 but that was like a five star kind of crazy place but you know some nights you'd be spending 15 and that's for two yeah. years and yeah. then like we had a massage I had a massage There's was two days I didn't have a massage <laughs> <laughs> like you kind of think as an athlete although I don't know if you want to ride on the roads but It'd be a great place to set yourself up to train if you're a young athlete. You know, because you could probably get to some races in Australia and Asia. But it's so, you know, just like things like like seriously, we had a, I had a four hour massage day on the last day. It cost forty bucks. Forty bucks. And New Zealand's not even the strongest dollar. So like the Australians, the Americans, and you know, so it was it was really awesome. We had a great time. It was pretty relaxing. Um any any kind of gossip from it? No, but when we went to Australia, because we've spent a couple of days in Melbourne, um, when we went to Australia, they hit uh, on the news there was a couple of other guys in Bali who just been taken over by the police, so it was pretty full on. <laughs> you disappear I'm where you're going? Here. I'm still here. Go I'm to my... Go, we've
2: we got school interviews now.
0: Oh, have you? Okay, quickly go to my Facebook page. Did you, have you yes. kept track of my Facebook? Uh, all the time. I'm yeah, sure yeah, you would have. I'm a real yeah.
2: Facebooker. Uh, Facebook,
0: uh... Okay, go to my Facebook page. Scroll down a little bit, you'll see a picture of Joe and me. Yeah, oh, you there? Yeah, 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 yeah. Go yeah. down, you'll see. Scroll down, you see a picture. Can you see the picture of me and the monkeys?
2: Uh lots uh, of Joe playing table tennis. Yeah, keep going
0: down. It'll be us. us there, yeah.
2: yeah, you're going canyoning or something yeah, like that. Joe ten- looks yep. p- pretty
0: startled. Yep. <laughs> and the monkeys <laughs> humping behind <laughs> <laughs>
2: so, is that an actual picture or is that a picture of It's an actual
0: picture so whatever it was there, there's an Umbud, uh, it Umbud somewhere there's a monkey forest and it's quite famous monkey forest and you go to this place and it's just monkeys galore it's actually quite cool and at first you're a little bit apprehensive because they can just kind of jump at you one that jumped on Joe and I thought I'll get a photo of two monkeys so I, I I turn around and take the photo. I don't know that they're doing this. Oh, really? And then I turn around, and then the one behind, the monkey behind, <laughs> jumps and behind starts shaking the monkey. <laughs> so <laughs> I didn't even know it was happening until I looked, turned around and see they shaking. Oh, nothing like a bit of animal porn. <laughs> oh, exactly. <laughs> so there you go. I'll put that photo up on this week's uh, website, and you can check it out. Anyway, right. Jumbo, you've got kids and interviews. time. Be I'm ready Russ. to be impressed. Yep. I'm Russ. I'm Mendo. Train hard. Train smart. Kia Kia Kia. Kia.